Welcome to Beside the Burn for Tuesday the 2nd of November. This week we're looking a bit more detail at the life of Jacob and we're picking up on some of the places that we saw Jesus in Jacob's life and we're just spending a little bit more time looking at them in detail. Uh, today we're going to be thinking about Genesis 28 and we're going to be thinking about the dream that Jacob had of the ladder with the angels ascending and descending on that ladder. And we're going to look to see if that has any significance for us uh, and what it means. Um, we saw on Sunday how uh, Jesus said that he was the ladder, that he was the way to get to God. And uh, it wasn't through any man-made effort. So let's look to see what we can find out. And let's begin with Genesis 28 verse 12. Uh, Jacob had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Jacob dreamed of a ladder that reached from heaven down to earth and as we said on Sunday this was the opposite of what had happened with the tower built by the people of Babel. Uh, this was a ladder that was built by God. And this wasn't a ladder on, on which uh, we can climb the ladder and reach up to God, but it's a ladder on which God comes down to earth and to mankind. And it's a ladder that God comes down to this one individual. But as Jesus says that he is the ladder, God then uses that ladder to come down to all of mankind. So God's coming down to this man on this particular night, to Jacob, lonely, fearful, uh, loved by God, heel grabber. Jacob had every reason to fear that God was coming to curse him because after all he had cheated all his life, he had deceived, he'd had no interest in God. He was quite prepared to take the blessing that God had to offer but he had no interest in trusting God or following God. But God came down not to curse, but to bless Jacob. And therefore, in the next few verses, in 13 to 14, um, God says, There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. So here's Jacob. He's a fugitive at this point because he's had to flee from home because Esau is planning to kill him. So he's received the blessing, but now he's on the run. He's a fugitive, but God promises to bring him back home again. So he won't be a fugitive forever. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you're lying. Jacob at this point has no wife. He has no children. But God here is promising him offspring. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. So he won't be childless forever. He won't be a fugitive forever. Jacob was essentially impoverished. He had left home with nothing. But God promised to give him the land on which he was lying. So he isn't going to be impoverished forever. 
Jacob had no reason to think that he was someone God could use in the lives of others. He only knew how to look at, look out for himself. But God promised that through him, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. So his life is going to have an impact forever. Then God made it clear to Jacob that the blessing he longed for was indeed his. All that he'd cheated to gain he was going to keep. He'd be the recipient of the promises that had been made to his grandfather Abraham and then to his father Isaac. God also added a new and a special promise. He said, Behold, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land. I'll not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. So Jacob was very alone, but God promised that he would no longer be alone. God will be with him wherever he goes. So though Jacob had no future prospects at this point whatsoever, God assured Jacob that these divine promises would shape his future and his future would be full of God's blessing. Jacob awakened from the dream in a state of awe at God. And he was quite adamant at this point that he had met with God. He said, whenever he woke from his sleep, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. He'd realized that something important had taken place. And this is his first encounter with God, as it were. Up until this point, he'd been doing everything for himself. But now he realized that there was a greater plan than his plan. Jacob probably heard his parents and his grandparents talk about God. But Jacob hadn't really ever made any attempt to personally know God. But now he has. This is a significant point in his life. And God has begun a work in Jacob's life. But Jacob will be a work in progress for a long time. There's a lot to do in this heel-grabbing, cheating, deceitful, greedy man. Now, we probably know what it's like to be a work in progress too. Whenever we first trust in Jesus Christ, there's still a lot to be done in our lives. So we have that first initial point of conversion where we are justified in our sins. But then there's a process of sanctification, of being sanctified, of being made holy, that bit by bit Christ works in us and chips away at the imperfections and the problems and makes us more and more like him day by day. Some areas of our lives are transformed immediately. Other areas of our lives take quite some time to get to grips with. And what we have to realise is that God is in this for a long time. He is prepared to work in our lives and we will never be complete, we'll never be perfect this side of eternity. So Paul, uh, writing to the Philippian church, said to them, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. 
So God begins a work in us at the moment where we trust in Jesus at conversion and he will carry it on until it is finally completed at the day when Jesus returns. Some of us long for perfection here on earth, but that's not going to happen. There's going to be no perfection until Jesus comes back, until the final battle with evil is done. So Jacob gives us hope today that we see that God is at work in his life and if he can use a heel grabber like Jacob, then perhaps he can use me and perhaps he can use you. So let's ask him for that sanctification in our lives. Lord God, we thank you today for the example of how you have worked in Jacob's life, that here is a no good cheater, deceitful person, and yet you take him and you begin to mould him and shape him. Lord, we realise that we are no good in your sight as well. And therefore we ask today that you would take us and begin to shape and mould us into the people that you want us to be. We thank you, Lord, for the work that you have begun in us. And we pray that now you would carry it on to completion. That we would see Jesus coming back again. And that you would raise us up to be with you. So, Lord, be with us now, we pray, and help us each step of the way to become more like you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.